Well, like I said earlier, my name is Brandon, and uh, Lindsay and I, we're the senior pastors here at Oasis City Church. And we have two words we want you to know today. Those words are hope and hope and healing. Say it with me. Say hope and healing. Hope for tomorrow and healing from our yesterdays. How many have a little yesterday healing they need today? <laughs> Come on. You could use a little healing from your yesterdays. And and I believe that hope is one of those things that's a driver in 2024. I believe that this year is going to be a year where we say, let hope rise. Let our expectations go up a little bit. Hope, in our context, is not the same as what the culture talks about. How many of you have been told, don't get your hopes up? Have you been told that? Don't get your hopes up. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. We hear this stuff all the time. Why? Because... The culture around us has their hope built in some other person. It relies on a government. It relies on an economy. It relies on science. It relies on all of those things. Don't get your hopes up. In fact, hope in the culture has kind of almost become like wishing. Flick another coin in the wishing well. But what do you do now that there's no coins? You throw your phone in the wishing well. And then you tell your mom, my phone got wrecked in the water. What were you doing? I was making a wish. I was trying to get my hopes up. Get your hopes up. See, I actually think that hope is possible, and I think that hope is essential. But Bible hope is not wishing. It's not pie in the sky. It's not, it's not lucky horseshoes or rainbows. Bible hope is this. Confident expectation that's leading to a greater and a joyous anticipation that our God is good and he loves us and he wants to do something in our lives. Hope. I want to say that it's a super spiritual way that I came up with our title for this next series. And I'll get to that in a minute. But last night I, I, I was tossing with two titles, Prisoner of Hope, which I thought was pretty good. Right? The prophet said, return to the stronghold, all you prisoners of hope. Are there any prisoners of hope in here right now today? Come on. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. There's a better day coming. You might be set free from things in the natural, but there's a redemption of your soul. I thought prisoner of hope would be good because I think the church should be prisoners of hope. We should be trapped up in a hope box. And then the other one that I've been sitting on for a while was harbinger of hope. Harbinger of hope. So I asked the young adults last night that were at my house, I said, which one, prisoner of hope or harbinger of hope? And, and Levi chose harbinger of hope because it's way more artistic. Nathaniel said harbinger of hope. It's more po po positive and upliving, uplifting than, than prisoner of hope. The other ones just went along with the crowd. <laughs> a harbinger is a foretelling, uh, something that foretells. The, the robins in my backyard tell me that spring is coming. The trees turning color and dropping tells me that autumn is coming. A harbinger of the season. A harbinger is a prophet. Woman! 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 She stole my heart. She stole my cat. She stole my heart and my cat. Are there any jazz cats in here? Some of you are like, I don't know what he's talking about. 
It's from the movie So I Married an Axe Murderer. Woman, hard-hearted harbinger of haggis. And then I was thinking about this song, and I thought, harbinger of hope. Salesperson of hope. Herald of hope. Prophets of hope. See, I believe that God has called Oasis City to not just raise its own level of expectation in 2024, but we are to become prophetic encouragers that everywhere we go, the expectation of, and hope in other people rises. Come on. And what causes that to happen is when God does something in your life and others see it happen, it causes hope to rise in them. The culture around, around us has this kind of like Fueled by wishing, but we are fueled by confident expectation. It's time to raise the level. Somebody say confident expectation. Eager anticipation that something good is about to take place. How can we trust that something good is going to take place? Well, I can trust because we have a good God. Even when bad things happen, he's still good. And I tell people that one day we're going to see him face to face. And those who have put their faith and hope and trust in our good God, when we stand before the Lord, a lot of those question marks you had about why did that happen, it didn't seem very good, are going to see, we're going to see them as good because we're going to see the big picture. His justice. He's perfect in his judgments. He's morally pure. We serve a good God. So what about hope today? Can we apply to our lives? Can we make some decisions in 2024 when it comes to hope, I've made one that I'm going to choose hope over anxiety. I'm going to choose hope. I have anxiety. You can't choose anxiety. Actually, the reason we have anxiety is because we were created with a creative mind. And we are creating a story of what could happen that hasn't happened yet. And we're creating a story, oftentimes, where something bad happens. And all of a sudden, we can't sleep at night. And don't, don't act like I am talking about something I don't know. Don't respond to me like you don't know what I'm going. I do know what anxiety feels like. Did you know that the same muscles we use for anxiety and for creating anxious thoughts are the same muscles we use and the same design features we use to create a faith story? Except when I create a faith muscle, it's faith that God is going to win in the end and I'm going to win and we're going to come out okay on the other side. But when I create anxiety, it's faith that something bad's going to happen and it's all going to go to crap and we're going to be in trouble. Jesus is in a stormy boat with a bunch of people who are freaking out and having major anxiety attacks. And they wait, Jesus, we're going to die. He said... Where is your faith? He didn't say, go get faith. He didn't say, you don't have any faith. He said, you guys need faith. He said, where is your faith? And what they realized was that, ang that anxiety or that panic and that thing that was taking off meant they, they realized that their faith, Jesus said, your faith is in the wind and the waves. And when I put my faith in the trials, troubles, and traumas of my life, when I put my faith there... Guess what happens? 
Hope decreases, anxiety increases. Can I just tell you today, 2024 needs to be a change in your life where you start choosing to hope and have confident expectation that God is going to do something. Listen, almost 20 years I woke up every day expecting it to be the day that I could run. And even the day I could run, it wasn't like I was just like running out of like, like a movie. I started walking. I couldn't walk a kilometer. Then I could walk two. I could walk three. I could walk four. Then I was like, maybe I could run to that pole. And, and this is a metaphor for your life. This is a story, a picture of choosing hope over anxiety. Somebody in here today make a decision that this year I'm going to choose confident expectation and I'm going to hope. And, but don't get your hopes up. You might be disappointed. No, listen. This is what the psalmist said in 20, Psalm 25 says of David. In you, Lord, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame. Don't let my enemies triumph over me. Psalm 25 verse 3 says this key thing for all of us. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. And then in verse 5 it says, guide me in your truth. Teach me for you are God my Savior. My hope is is in you all day long. No one who hopes in Jesus will ever be put to shame. Can I get a better amen than that? Come on. No one who puts their hope in Jesus, is there anybody who's done that in here, will ever be put to shame. Amen. And that's the reality. But if your hope is in the stock market, if your hope is in the business community, if your hope is in your teacher at school, if your hope is in your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your husband or your wife, if your hope is in your parents, if your hope is in the... Listen... Anything else will lack. Eventually will run out. But God's love never fails. Psalm 39.7 says, And now, Lord, what do I wait for and expect? My hope and expectation are firmly in you. So I'm going to choose hope over anxiety. Number two, hope is forward-facing. It's not looking back. It's not stuck in the past. All you have to do is go to a hockey locker room for pickup league hockey and you'll have a, just at least someone there can tell you a story of how they would have made it had that guy's kid not been on the team and how this, if they had more money and if they, there's always a story about how, why it didn't work out. Musicians are worse. Go to any music store and they're teaching you how to, they're, 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 they're in there working in a music store and they, they wanted to be in a band. And why it didn't happen. Trust me, I know. There's always a reason, isn't there? We can always look back in the past. I've met people that say, when I get my ICBC settlement, then I'll be free. No, you'll be still in chains because you're looking to something in the past to give you hope. And what you have to understand is that hope is not back-facing. Hope is forward-facing. And we need to get our eyes off of our past and get our eyes on the future. Romans 4.18 talks about Abraham and the promise. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Romans 4.18, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. The dude's like 100 years old, and he gets told he's going to have a baby. And it's not going to be the same way Jesus was born. It's going to come the old-fashioned way with his old wife. Awkward. We talk about that stuff in this church. You can't turn on Saturday morning cartoons without them trying to teach you about sex. It's time for us to go back to what the Bible says about holy sexuality. But Abraham's promises, so here he has to lean in. 
to the promise. It was forward-facing. It wasn't looking back. And I'll tell you, anytime you try to deal with things in your own strength, you're going to struggle. But listen to what it says. It says, against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God, expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word and as a result became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants would be so many it would be impossible to count. Hope is forward-facing. Number three, expectation activates. Expectation activates. For a while on TikTok, there was that Holy Spirit activate. Activate. Right? Can you say it with me? Expectation activates. (laughs) See, expectation is the propeller for your faith. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things, what? Hope for. If you want to have faith, it starts from a hope seed. Come on now. It starts from a hope seed. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things, not, substance of things, evidence of things not seen. A few verses later, it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I'm telling you right now, if you have hope, you will seek him. You will seek him. And that expectation that God is good and he's about to do something, that confident expectation, that joyful anticipation that he's good and he's about to do something, causes faith to activate. Hope activates faith. Somebody say expectation attitude. You all have an attitude. Some of you need an attitude change. Attitude adjustment. There were some mindsets maybe that you carried through 2023 that maybe you need to just finally cut them off and take a new attitude into 2024. Come on, somebody in this room. Expectation is the attitude and the mindset. You want to hear who it is? It is the marker or the mindset of the spirit-filled, spirit-led believer. Don't tell me you're spirit-filled and you're full of looking back. Don't tell me you're spirit-filled and you're full of despair. Don't tell me you're spirit-filled. You need more of the spirit. Because when you are full of the Spirit, you can be like the Apostle Paul said. You, I know how to be, how to abound and how to be abased. I know how to have tons and how to have little. I know how to be free and how to be in prison. You can throw me in jail. I'm free there. I've still got hope. And you can kill me and send me on to Jesus. And I still win. It doesn't matter what state he finds himself, what. He had an attitude of expectation. If you want to know whether you're full of the Spirit, I want to ask you, do you have hope? Because people who are full of the Holy Spirit have confident expectation that's leading to a joyful anticipation and it's rubbing off on people all around them. We want to be a spirit-filled church? We're a hope-filled church. Spirit-filled church, we anticipate new mercies every day. Come on. Spirit-filled church says, I may still be fighting cancer, but I'm going to break through some area of my life today. Spirit-filled church says, I may have kids who aren't serving God, but I'm going to continue to serve God before my kids so they can watch me. Spirit-filled church has a set of an anticipation that says, I may have almost failed last semester, but this semester I'm going to come up a letter grade in every class. And all the teachers said, amen. They're rooting for you. They're cheering for you. Spirit-filled believer has a mindset 
that says God is good and he does good things and he wants to pour out his blessing on us and we need to partner with him in expectation. When I come home and my kids were little, I had an expectation that they'd want to see me. And if something was going on and they were they couldn't care if I showed up or if I something inside of me was like, where are my kids? See, we come to church to come join together and worship God. But did you know he's getting exciting on Sunday, excited when we get ready to gather for prayer or to worship or to praise or to come on Sunday mornings? Did you know he's getting excited to see you? See, I feel like sometimes the problem is that we have this idea of like we're waking up drunk dad off the couch to get his attention when we're praying. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't ignore you. Expectation is the mindset of the spirit-filled believer. Romans 15, 13. Apostle writes, I pray that God, the source of hope, say hope with me. Come on, say hope. Will fill you completely with joy and peace. Say joy and peace. Because you trust in him, then you will overflow in confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. We define joy here as loud peace. And we define joy, our peace, as quiet joy. I believe that God wants to give you loud peace and quiet joy. This will be a year like none other.